Welcome to Forward to the Future, Conversations on School District Leadership. I'm Dr. John Berkey, and this is Season 3, where we will be interviewing retiring superintendents from the Large Unit District Association in Illinois, and they will be discussing leadership lessons they've learned from their entire careers. Well, I'd like to welcome everyone today to Forward to the Future, and our special guest today is Superintendent Keith Oates, who is the Superintendent of Marion, which is in Southern Illinois. And uh, Dr. Oates, uh, welcome today. It's good to have you. Thank you, John. My pleasure. And let's start off by talking uh, about how you got to where you are, because you have actually have the uh, interesting and important distinction of you've been superintendent in four different districts. And so uh, aside from the other jobs you had in education before you were a superintendent, you've done a lot in your career. So let me go way back to the beginning. What what made you even want to go into education in the first place? Well, I think like a lot of uh, 18 year olds, uh, you know, I had a Picked a university to go to or a college. I picked Eastern Illinois University in Charleston, Illinois. And uh, uh, being a superintendent or a teacher, for that matter, was the furthest thing from my mind. Um, I had grown up my entire life. Uh, my dad is a longtime superintendent of schools since the early 70s. And uh, I thought, you know, there's, there's no way. Uh, I did have a, a mind to, I thought that, some type of management field. I thought maybe at first more uh, in the industrial arts field or industry. Um, didn't quite like that as much as uh, maybe I had hoped. Um, I was encouraged to take an intro to ed class at Eastern. Um, I took it at a fantastic uh, instructor who uh, I think just reeled me in. Uh, loved it. Uh, loved his course and how he handled it and treated me. And then, um, so I signed up for a couple more. And the deeper I got into it, I found that, you know, maybe I was more familiar with education than I had thought and uh, enjoyed it uh, more than I thought. And, um, you know, proceeded to get my degree in elementary education, uh, still with the hopes that I knew that management, uh, I'd still like to uh you know, try that field. And I felt like I might have a heart for that and leadership. And uh, so as soon as I finished my first year of teaching uh, way up north in Leland, Illinois, I started my master's program at NIU. And um, from there, taught in Plano a few years and coach like most folks do. And then um, I hit a nice time uh, where there was an early retirement bill. Um, a lot of the younger folks may not remember that. It was called 5 plus 5, as I recall. And uh, it was in the early 90s. 92 was the first block that opened. Not many people took advantage of it. But once they figured it out, um, year two window opened, and it was a mass exodus of Illinois educators and the classrooms and administration uh, and it, there were just hundreds of openings throughout the state and uh, I was able to time that out right and uh, obtain my first principalship from Southern Illinois at the age of 26 
and then uh, started at Southern Illinois University for uh, my superintendent's work, EDS and doctorate, and then um, developed a lot of good relationships, friendships, and, uh, you know, was able to start my first superintendency at uh, Giant City School in Carbondale, about 260 kids, and a uh, great place to uh, work and learn, and still close to my professors and friends, and uh, if I needed help and advice, and uh, really just learned... Uh, you know, the basics of how to be a superintendent in a small elementary district uh, with great clientele and support uh, without getting uh, too deep over my head, I thought. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, that's a great start. So so where did you go after that? What was your second superintendency? Um, from there, I had a goal of and of obtaining a superintendency in a unit district of a thousand or more. And really, my ultimate goal way back was to be a superintendent of a looted district somewhere. And uh, so I knew I needed to get some more experience in a bigger district in a unit district. And uh, so I just set my sights on several different openings in the state that fit that demographic. And uh, my wife was uh, incredibly supportive and uh, willing to go anywhere. And uh, it was a phenomenal experience because I interviewed all over the state in districts of around a thousand that were unit districts and uh you know knowing that i'll never be able to do that again but but it was a blast i met uh, a lot of different board members and saw a lot of districts in a very short window and uh you know never forget it, it was a lot of fun and it was kind of like a traveling road trip and mm -hmm. uh, um uh, met up with a, a great group in Amboy, Illinois, again, in Northern Illinois, um, 100 miles straight west of Chicago. And um, they offered me a job and it was just felt like it was a great fit for me and um, my wife and family, just a small rural farm town. They were incredibly welcoming and nice. Um, and that was just a great situation. So uh, uh, I was there for four years. And then um, probably it was funny about uh, probably less than an hour after they offered me the job and I took it, I got a call from Villa Grove School District and uh, offered me offered me a job. So it's just those strange twists and turns and of timing and whatnot in your life that you look back on. But uh, um, that was a great experience. And then um, uh, an opening uh, happened in a larger district of around 20, oh, I'd say 2,800 students in Muhammad Seymour School District outside of Champaign. Um, had a friend recommend the position and um, was fortunate enough to interview there and uh, learned a ton, uh, more buildings, more staff, more experiences, and uh, really thought that we may just not leave. Uh, it was a great community, bedroom community for Champaign-Urbana, great clientele, staff, super board of education. Uh, and then uh, kind of out of the blue, I guess like most things happen, my, uh, I call it my hometown where my parents live, my dad retired from, I graduated from high school there. Uh, 
just got a couple of calls checking in with me if I might be interested in uh, uh, applying at Marion School District, uh, kind of the hometown. Uh, really uh, um, wasn't interested at the fir at first and did not apply the first year it was open. They hired three interim superintendents, all of them who I knew some better than others for a year. And then um, was encouraged uh, to uh, maybe apply again uh, or apply this time. And, uh, you know, they put it out with Illinois Association of School Boards. And uh, so talked it over with my family and extended family and uh, applied for the job, received an interview, and then uh, was hired, of course, and uh, stayed here until. Uh, you know, I retire at the end of this year. So it's, again, it's been a fantastic, fantastic experience as well. So, so you, you've ended where you began. It's like the, of the circle of life. Yeah. It's very strange. You just, that just goes to show you, you never know. I mean, my dad retired here as superintendent and a long time superintendent here. And I thought, you know, it's funny how when you're, 18 and graduated from Marion High School and saying this is the last thing you'd ever do. And lo and behold, end up back home and doing the same job and retiring. Perspectives, perspectives change. So how, how long have you been superintendent in Marion? 11 years. Okay. 11 years. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then there were a couple of people maybe, but between you and your dad, a soup in Marion? Uh, there was uh, one person between me and my uh, dad. And then, like I say, a year of interns. So yeah. Okay. okay. Well, good. Well, what a what a great uh, what a great career you've had. So let me ask you now, what are some leadership lessons that you have just gathered throughout your career that you can impart on uh, on our on our listeners? Well, I you know I think think back on how fast time has gone, and I think back that. Um, Man, I've had wonderful support systems, you know, and I'm really thankful that, you know, in grad school that it wasn't remote like it is a lot of programs this time because, you know, even though it's hard to go to all those classes on site at times, uh, there was no remote option back then, of course. So, uh, um, you know, just the friendships and relationships that you're able to develop in those classes and a lot of those peers, you know, become administrators and principals and superintendents. And, you know, you just develop a wide web of communication and contacts. And, uh, you know, looking back, how just thankful I am for all of that. Uh, I know that's changed. So, you know, I think just uh, trying to develop as many friendships and relationships as you can especially with your peers in education. And cause you just never know uh, where you're gonna run into those folks again or need their help or uh, vice versa and, uh, or as a support systems and good friendships. So uh, to me, that's, that's been, you know, really nice. Uh, you know, I'm very fortunate to have a supportive spouse and family uh, that's, you know, my true confidant. And uh, as a superintendent, you know, the longer you do it, especially the longer you're in one place, uh, you know, it's, uh, you know, you inevitably make, uh, by decisions you make, 
different types. Uh, you know, you're going to have more people upset with you usually the longer you're at because, you know, you're dealing with families and kids and uh, big or small decisions affect a lot of relationships that you developed. And, you know, I think that's, that's one of the hardest parts of being a superintendent. Um, just, you know, the decisions you have to make and uh, you know, those don't always hit people in the right way, big or small decisions. So just having someone that you can talk to uh, every night, uh, you know, has just saved me. I know that my sanity uh, for sure. So in uh, my extended families, you know, been very blessed with that, that, you know, I have them around. Uh, of course, my mentioned my, my dad's a longtime superintendent. So phenomenal, trusted, you know, confident for years for me. So lucky there that he was so well-respected. Um, faith in God, you know, uh, huge for me. Um, and, you know, so just, just a lot of cornerstones that that I felt like I had that, you know, you hope most people have just to, you know, keep your sanity day to day when things get pretty rough and they will get rough at times, a lot of good times, but, you know, there's always tough decisions and tough issues to deal with that pop up. You just can't evade those. So, um, you know, staying healthy, try to keep your health, uh, you know, I know it's hard with busy schedules, especially when you're raising a family. Um, you do have a little more time when your kids do get a little older. So, uh, you know, I tried to take care of myself, you know, about when I was mid-40s, made a real concerted effort to do that and eat better and exercise. And, you know, I still do that. And uh, it's a huge stress reliever for me as well. Um, gotten into more of endurance exercise and you're out there a long time by yourself and you can really think through issues and think through things. And, uh, for me, that's worked, uh, incredibly well. So. Well, I think sometimes we, you know, the, the stress of the job can just sometimes, uh, make you forget to take care of yourself. And like you said, that can almost be a spiral, I think. And, uh, oh, and I, no think it, it, I think that's great advice for, for yeah. people to really focus on their own personal wellness, both, you know, both physically and mentally, because uh, you can't be much good to other people if you aren't uh, in good shape yourself. You're right. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, and, and, you know, just a few other items I, I tried to think of that have benefited me, you know, recognize your professional gifts. You know, uh, maybe some people are gifted in, a, in everything. I certainly am not. And just realizing my gifts and strengths and then trying to hire uh, the best people I can that are really strong in those other areas that I feel I'm, I'm weaker in. And, uh, you know, that's worked out really well for my career, surrounding myself with, uh, some really good people around me that are strong in these, you know, certain itchy areas that, you know, I'm just not as strong in. And, uh, so, uh, you know, I've, I've been really fortunate there to work with some really good people. Uh, just some old advice that I received mainly from my dad, and some other, you know, maybe we'll say, you know, uh, folks have been around and I've just watched that over the years that, you know, keep your ears open and your mouth shut as much as possible. Be a great listener. Um, you know, those that's just sage advice. Um, as I've watched colleagues over the years that, you know, of all types. And uh, I've just cherry picked from the ones that, you know, I like that I thought were 
you know, successful. And I just pick attributes from them and watch them and, and uh, some that maybe have not been so, you know, successful or struggled. And, you know, what are, what are the things superintendents do that keep them out of trouble for the most part or help them be successful or, or whatnot. And so, you know, mainly just being a good listener, um, you know, um, working with your colleagues, picking, you know, what are they doing great in their districts? And, you know, we borrow stuff from them and, you know, hopefully they're going to see things in your district, that, you know, they borrow. So just really putting that ego aside um, and trying to help each other and, uh, you know, work with each other, be positive, be cheerful, you know, even when you're not feeling it, um, you know, you've got to be that leader, uh, you know, um, nobody likes to show weakness. So, you know, that's, that's something you try to develop, not to show it on your sleeve so much, but, uh, you know, hopefully, uh, you've got a good poker face and, uh, uh, you know, I think that just instills confidence in others. If, you know, if you look like it's not really bothering you as much as it might be, and uh, you're cheerful, you're positive, uh, you're interested in other people, uh, consistency in your beliefs, your personality, your practices, you know, stay consistent. Um, you know, all good sage advice that I've gotten from others that are probably a lot better than me and what I do and uh, just watching others, you know. No, I think that's a lot of uh, I think that's a lot of great advice. Uh, let Let me ask you. You talked about knowing your weaknesses and hiring people who can who can be better at certain things than you. you know, that's Absolutely. hard. That's hard for a lot of leaders to do, though, is to admit that you have weaknesses and right. and you know to 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 truly identify that hey, I can't do everything real well myself. Right. But as a team, we have to do really well. Um, right. Did you? Do you struggle with that at all earlier in your career? Or is that something that you kind of well, I think, to getting better at or? Well, I think probably like a lot of us, I mean, to be in leadership, uh, uh, you've probably got to have some type of ego and, and you know, uh, strong confidence about yourself and abilities. So, you know, I think we all have that. Um, so, you know, certainly I think you start out as most of us do, the younger you are. The younger you are, the more confidence you have, and you you know you don't think there's anything you can't do, and you usually just learn it the hard way, like I did. And most of us that um, you know you're not the expert in everything, and the bigger districts that you get into, uh, you simply just don't have the time uh, to be an expert in all those fields and do what you need to do in all those uh, fields. So uh, you know. Um, able to find someone, you know, in a bigger district uh, that can handle curriculum instruction. If that's not your strength, it's not my strength. I'm not weak in it, but still uh, it's incredibly time consuming. And uh, um, the knowledge base that you have to keep up with, uh, you know, so I was able to find people that were very strong and enthusiastic in that area uh, where I felt like my strengths were more in school finance and, uh, you know, uh, HR. And uh, so I would handle the majority of those duties and still do. Um, doesn't mean you're hands off in the other areas, but, um, you know, you simply just have to give up some things. Yeah, oh, definitely. So uh, let's let's go back and look at uh, what was one of the most challenging things you ever had to deal with. And, and uh, 
how did you how did you uh, how did you lead through that? I've had I feel like over twenty three years, several of them. So to pick one's kind of tough. <laughs> uh, I, I think an earlier the earliest major one I had going back was when I was at Amboy my first summer and going through the budget and realizing that uh, uh, we weren't going to have enough money to meet the expenses. And that was the times when uh, general state aid, you felt good if you got a hundred dollars a year increase and uh, times were really tricky and tough. And most of the assessment in that district was farm ground. And uh, I can remember calling my board president and saying, Hey, uh, I don't, I've gone over this three times and I'm not, it's not adding up. So I think we're going to need to run an Ed fund referendum. And uh, uh, so looking back, I'm like, wow, I'm not sure if I would have been so confident as I was back then, but I was so afraid to fail and district to fail. And I, I just couldn't find another way. Um, we were small enough district where I was, you know, you put on all those hats. There was no business manager. I was it. Um, and that's fine. And, uh, you know, they were incredibly supportive of doing that. And that was at a time where that was very unpopular to do. A lot of referendums were failing. And, uh, we, were, we went out, sold it, ran it, and were successful. And uh, so that was my first truly large task and challenge as I recall and uh, always felt good about that and um, a lot of districts around us ran them failed and you know we were one of the very very few that passed one uh, so what did you do I really do? felt like it saved the district financially yeah so what did you do uh that you think helped make yours be successful when many others weren't you know, I don't know, but I've also learned that all of our communities are incredibly different and unique. So I don't think there's a right or wrong answer, to be honest. Uh, the entire board was, you know, homegrown uh, folks from that community. And I give them really most of the credit because they had so much clout and credibility. I really felt like that was the key. You know, of course, we had talked, had several small groups and, you know, and did that and we met we initiated as i think back a a massive uh you know phone campaign uh, we had all the phone numbers for the district i remember we all met at the in the school cafeteria we had a bank of phones and we just started as a group just calling people and uh, you probably would never do that today but uh we put in the work too and uh, you know it worked so no, great that uh, what, what what had to be a, a a really scary challenge when you took over that job uh, ended up working out. Uh, so let me ask you this: when you look back on your career, it, and it, I know it's always hard to pick one thing, but what is the one thing when you look back on that you were just most proud of that you were able to accomplish? I think that that is an easy one for me, and without a doubt, um, when I was. When I came back home to my home district, I graduated school and my family's at, extended family, um, the district was in financial distress. It'd been on a financial watch list for two years running. And uh, 
over we just set out over myself and leadership team and board uh we just set out with a laundry list of things to accomplish uh when i arrived and uh worked together as a a great team and uh and year by year we just kept chipping away and uh you know turning around the entire district financially but also in other areas that uh you know it was really hurting uh, you know, we turned over all the curriculum instruction in every subject area, K-12. We incorporated one-to-one technology, um, made everything more efficient, um, you name it. It's such a long list. Um, and then in our last audit, our auditors uh, informed us that uh, we, sh- we should hit financial recognition. So... Uh, that's like just the crowning achievement of, you know, 11 years of hard work. And just to know how satisfying that is to know where the district was and where it's at now is just, uh, you know, it's just an immense amount of pride for me and probably doubly so because, you know, this is where my dad retired from and this is, you know, kind of the hometown. So, uh, you know, it just, just a great, a great ending to a lot of work over 11 years. So. No, that's great. Uh, who is, uh, who is a leader that you look to or leaders that you look to, uh, that you really admire? Well, I, <laughs> there again, I know I mentioned my dad several times, you know, throughout this, but, uh, you know, without a doubt, I've had, uh, just a lot of great, peers in graduate school, um, instructors, you know, uh, um, you know, even as a a young person, I, you know, I can remember going to ISA conferences and meetings with my family, not even knowing what those were, you know, uh, and just seeing a lot of these guys that retired long ago, but just seeing how they influenced others and just the, I guess, the trickle effect and you know, kind of that informal web that we have around the state, um, you know, but without a doubt, it's got to be my dad. Um, you know, I've had so many people over the years uh, just come up to me and say, you know, how kind he was to them, uh, how he noticed them, how he'd write notes to them, um, and just how well respected he was throughout the years. And, uh, you know, um, so, you know, you just can't help with, you know, watching that in the same profession and and how he affected people. And I try to do a lot of those same things because I really felt like people felt so warmly towards him. And, and uh, you know, still, I s- still go to meetings and still have people, you know, they've been around for a long time, ask how he's doing and whatnot. And so, uh, um, and he's, you know, someone that course i could always call over the years privately and ask for advice and bounce ideas off of and and uh that was just just a great benefit that i know most people don't have so uh, well you couldn't ask for a better yeah without without a doubt and and, and like you said earlier on you know when you were a high school student watching that you thought you didn't want any part of it but clearly clearly something seeping in (laughs) you were a high school student and ended up it ended up yeah. rearing its head when uh, you became when you got right. into the profession. So exactly right. 
So. Well, Dr. Oates, uh, I really want to thank you for uh, uh, not just talking with us, but really thank you for all your years of service to the kids of Illinois. You've been all over the state and uh, you've added a lot of value in the, the places that you've been. And we truly wish you the best in retirement. Well, I appreciate it, John. I really, it was fun to get to talk to you about and reflect back on last 23 years as superintendent. So uh, it's been fun. It's been a pleasure. And I appreciate it. Thanks again. And the best, uh, we wish you the best in retirement. Thank you, John.